Welcome back to the Daniel Yours Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about how to structure your home workouts. Let's go. By far the most common question I always get as a personal trainer and strength coach is, what's the best workout that I should be doing? All the time. It's always happened. I don't think that's ever going to change. And the short and kind of snarky answer is, well, it's the workout that you're actually going to do. And while there's a lot of truth to that, it's not exactly helpful information that doesn't help you determine what type of workout you should be doing. Should you be running? Should you be lifting weights? Should you be doing dance? Should you be doing anything else? So today I want to go over some basic programming and ways to structure your workouts, ways to think about what kind of workouts you should or could be doing in a way that will actually be helpful and useful to you. I'm going to go over all of the different basic parameters of training. Should you be training for strength? How to train for fat loss? What types of exercises you should be doing? What type of workouts you should be doing? Should you train your legs? Should you train your upper body? What muscle groups to use together? Type of exercises to bear together and all of this. Now, I will preface everything that I'm about to say with your training is your training. I can give you the guidelines here and we're going to go over a lot of these things, but it still has to be individual to you. I can't tell you without speaking to you individually and assessing you what exactly you should be doing. And so don't expect that to be what you get out of this podcast. What you're going to get is the basic framework as to how to go about thinking and maybe what questions to ask your coach, your trainer, whoever it is, in order to correctly structure your workouts so that you don't feel like you're just kind of going through the motions, running in circles and not getting anywhere. So the two most important things to think about that create the framework for everything else are one, how often can you realistically train? Telling yourself you're going to work out 19 times a week and then only getting in two workouts is not going to help you. So if you can reasonably commit to two workouts, then do that. If you can commit to three, four, whatever it is, but make sure it's reasonable. That's number one. And the second thing is what's your actual training goal? Are you trying to get stronger? Are you trying to grow your muscles, what we'd call muscular hypertrophy? Are you training for a marathon? Are you looking to just stay healthy? Whatever it is. So the amount of time that we have available to us to train and what we're actually training for are the base parameters that will create the framework of how we approach everything else. Now, I'll also say that in terms of training at home versus training in the gym, it's not that different. The amount of time we have to train and what we're focusing on in terms of our training goal is how we're going to structure our workouts when we're in the gym, when we're at home or otherwise. So this will still be applicable once we're allowed back in the gym. However, I'll try and tailor this to more home workout styles and things that are more applicable to not having as much equipment or not having as much time or whatever it is. Now, one more thing that I want to mention before I start getting into some details is that fat loss workouts don't mean what you think they mean. I'm going to do an entire episode on this at some point, but for the purposes of today, fat loss occurs when you spend more calories than you consume. When you exercise, your body uses calories. Whether your workout is called a fat-burning workout or a strength workout or a cardio workout, they're all using calories. None of them burn fat more than others. So thinking about fat loss as the thing that you're training for is somewhat misguided. 
when you train your muscles, you're training your muscles. You don't train your fat. Muscles can grow in size, they can get stronger, or they can produce force for longer, what we would call muscular endurance. Cardio workouts are also great. Cardio is more related to your heart and your lung capacity and these kind of things. It's not so much related to your muscles. Not wrong, just different. So now that that's out of the way, and we can base everything that we're going to talk about off of training our muscles and what we're actually improving in the gym rather than thinking about what we're trying to take away, let's get into it. So of course, there are many different muscles in the body, many different parts of our body and ways that our body can move. And the way that I think about structuring workouts is there are a couple ways to kind of divide our body in terms of what we need to train. So we can divide it by our anatomy or the body parts. This would be a workout where I'm training my arms one day and then my legs one day and then my back one day and then my chest another day or whatever, however you want to split it up. Or another way to do it is to divide the body by movement patterns. So we have a push pattern, a pull pattern, a hinge pattern, a squat pattern, etc. Neither of these are wrong. They are just different and for different purposes. A lot of it is overlapping and super similar anyways. And so when it really comes down to it, it doesn't matter unless you have some crazy specific goals. So the thing that is going to make the most sense to you and make you actually do the workout is what's going to work here. Personally, I like to divide my workouts based on movement patterns. And the way that I train most of my clients is using this as well. To me, it just makes a little bit more sense unless we're training specifically for hypertrophy, which again is making our muscles bigger. Then it makes a little bit more sense to me to divide the body into specific parts or specific muscles and train those in isolation, I guess. Now, something you've probably commonly heard about is leg day, chest day, arm day, whatever it is, or full body day. Full body workouts are amazing. I use them all the time. The difference between full body workout and a more isolated workout or a body part workout is that in a full body workout, in theory, we are training all the muscles of the body in the whole workout, not in every single exercise, but over the course of the workout, we hit everything. Whereas if I'm doing a back workout, I'm only focusing on my back, my legs are doing nothing, my chest is doing nothing and all that. If you're a beginner, it makes the most sense to do full body workouts simply because the thing that needs to happen first is you need to learn how to use your body and do all of the exercises. So the most amount of repetition, the least amount of crushing fatigue on one specific body part is going to go a long way in terms of in terms of learning how to actually exercise and how to work out. So if you're a beginner, I would stick to only full body workouts for sure. As you become more advanced, the need to isolate and really hammer down on certain body parts and certain movement patterns becomes more and more applicable as the body requires greater levels of stimulus to continue to grow and improve. If I only do one chest exercise in a workout and I'm, you know, I've been training for 10 years, that's not really enough to make me stronger if I'm only hitting one set of chest every week. But if I'm hitting an entire workout of chest or push patterns, then that's going to get me the stimulus that I need, to put it simply. Now, having said that, we go back to our two parameters. So how often can you train? If you can only train twice a week, probably best to do full body workouts each time you work out. The reason for this is because we're only training twice. If you only do lower body and then upper body in each of the two workouts or each of the workout individually, then you're only hitting those muscles once a week. 
which is okay just to kind of maintain and keep things as they are, but it becomes increasingly more difficult to actually create improvement if you're only training once a week, if you're only hitting that muscle group once a week, rather. If you're going to train three times a week, you could also make the argument that full body workouts each time you go is the best way to go. Again, wherever you fall along the continuum between a beginner to an expert, if you're more towards the beginner side, I'd recommend three body workouts. If you're more experienced, you might want to experiment with an upper body day, a lower body day, and then a third day is full body. This way, again, we're hitting all the muscles twice in a week, multiple times in a week, so that there's not too much rest between workouts. Now, speaking of rest and recovery days, yes, of course, recovery is important. So if you can only train two times in a week or three times in a week, ideally, these two or three days are not going to be two or three days back to back to back. You want to space them out. So maybe a Monday, Thursday, a Tuesday, Friday, uh, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever kind of works for you and just sort of evenly disperse it throughout the week. This way you're always in a state of training, recovered. Then once you recover, you're training again. Instead of you kind of train and then six days go by and then train again. And then this way it's much more difficult to make progress because the stimulus is simply not frequent enough for the body to actually cause physiological change. Now, if muscular hypertrophy is the goal, we probably want to use more isolated workouts and not as many full body workouts if the frequency that we can train is sufficient. And this is sim simply because muscular hypertrophy requires a greater level of stimulus per workout. So you talk about feeling the burn and kind of going to failure and approaching these things becomes much more conducive to actually growing the size of the muscles, whereas a strength workout, you don't need to be absolutely blasted and not able to move. You're kind of, there is a theory that your last rep should look like the first rep. Now, of course, you're going to fatigue within the workout, but if you're getting a massive pump and it's crazy, then it's not really a strength workout because it's just not heavy enough if you're getting that many reps to get that huge pump. On the other side, if you are focusing on strength, full body workouts are great, as well as specific body part workouts if your training frequency allows you to. Another thing to consider here, of course, is what equipment do you actually have access to? Maybe you have no equipment. Maybe you've got dumbbells. Maybe they're the adjustable dumbbells or or you've got like a single pair of 20 or 15 pound dumbbells or whatever it is. You've got bands. You've got a full gym. I don't, I don't know what you have in your house, but obviously this matters in, in terms of what you can actually train. If you have absolutely nothing, I think the most challenging part of this is that it's very difficult to actually train our back, which of course becomes more important as we're sitting at home more because, you know, we have such poor posture with being on the computer and on the couch and sitting down all the time. And so we need to train our back to just offset all of that hunching over that we're doing. To train your back muscles, you're often, you have to pull against gravity essentially. And when you don't have any implements to use and it's just your body weight, it's extremely hard. Yes, you can do chin-ups and pull-ups and that kind of stuff and fantastic back exercise, but I'm assuming you don't even have a pull-up bar if we're talking about no equipment. If you have something you can pull up off of, great, but pull-ups are pretty hard and you can't just do a full workout of all pull-ups, you'd be in pretty amazing shape if that's what you could actually do. So my recommendation would be to try and acquire some equipment. I think the cheapest and most versatile piece is simply bands and not the little sort of booty bands like the actual long looped bands 
You can tie them around any post, bottom of the fridge, the bottom of the couch. You can be pretty creative with it and create many different angles to get a lot of that back training in and use it for all the rest of your body as well. But it just adds so much versatility to what you're actually able to do and accomplish at home that I really, really think it's worth it. Having said all that, if you don't have access to a lot of weight, it's going to happen and probably pretty quickly where you'll max out whatever weights you have. If you have a pair of 20 pound dumbbells and you can already squat with 20 pounds in your hands or do a split squat, do a deadlift with 20 pounds, a chest press, all those exercises, then the training parameters that we can aim at must change. Here's what I mean by that. If you're trying to get stronger, getting stronger is getting your muscles to be able to produce more force. So yeah, there are a lot of ways that we can continue to progress, and we're going to talk about these shortly here, where we're doing more reps and more time under tension, less rest, and all of these things. However, that's not increasing strength. So if we don't have access to the correct equipment to increase strength specifically, I think strength is the most applicable thing here. If we don't have access to the correct equipment, then focusing purely on building strength is simply just not an option. And just because you work in a strength zone where you're only lifting for low amounts of reps and resting long, that doesn't mean that you're actually improving your strength. If you can do, again, a squat with that 20 pound dumbbell and say right now you could do 30 of them. Doing 35 of them is not increasing your actual strength. It's increasing your muscular endurance. Maybe there'll be a hypertrophy response, but it's not really making you stronger. So we have to be careful about what we want to do and what we're able to do. And then the difference between what we say we're doing and then what's actually happening. I say this all the time is we don't, we don't make the rules. We don't get to choose the science just because I tell myself that I'm doing a strength workout doesn't mean I'm doing a strength workout and getting stronger. I'm still doing a workout and it's not having no effect. It just maybe it's not having the effect that I'm intending it to. And I'm going to get into detail about this, but there's a few things that I want to just kind of define and go over first. So this is a little intro, I guess, to sort of what I'd call programming 101. So in our exercise program, which should be specific to you, it's fine if you just want to follow along random workouts, that's cool too. We'll talk about that in a bit. But for what I'm about to get into, this is talking specifically about you creating a training program or a coach creating a training program for you specifically. So a couple of variables that we would consider is one, what are the actual exercises that we're using? Is it a squat? Is it a split squat? Is it a deadlift? Is it a shoulder press, seated, standing, whatever exercises? The next is the number of sets that we're doing. So are we going to do three? Are we going to do two? Are we going to do 10? Whatever it is. The amount of reps that we're doing. So are we doing eight reps in a set? Are we doing four reps in a set? Are we doing 50 reps in a set? The amount of rest time that we're actually using. And yes, rest time is something that you should track. It's not just a sit down on the floor and when you're ready, when you finish answering your text messages, you can go again. That's, you know, again, it's fine. Not, you know, doing something is better than doing nothing, but if we're going to be focused, let's be focused. So having little rest, having a lot of rest, again, this matters. The tempo, the speed at which you're doing the exercise. Are you doing the exercise slowly? Are you doing it explosively? Are you doing it quickly? Are you controlling? Are you not controlling? And this contributes to something called time under tension. You may see it written online, T-U-T. And that simply is just how much time is the muscle under tension. So if I'm doing a bicep curl, if the exercise takes me six seconds to complete one rep, 
then that's six seconds times 10 reps, let's say, math, not my strong suit. So 60 seconds is the time under tension for that set. Now, you don't need to fully understand all these things, but these are just variables that we can manipulate in order to change the outcome of what we're doing, increase the difficulty, and really work with whatever it is that we have. Again, you don't need to understand all this. If you do work with a coach or a trainer, they will know this and they'll manipulate these things for you. And that's part of the value of having a coach is just that it can be a lot to think about and a lot to understand. So they can just do this for you. But anyways, when choosing specific exercises to do, we want to make sure, again, that we're hitting all the muscle groups. So we're getting the front of the legs, the quads, the back of the legs, the hamstrings. We're getting our glutes for sure. We are training our core, which is your actual abdominal muscles, your lower back, the obliques. We're training our arms, biceps and triceps, our grip strength a little bit, the chest and shoulders, and the entire back. So when selecting the exercises for the whole workout, for the whole workout program rather, we want to make sure that we're at least getting everything in at least once a week, if not twice a week, but at least once a week. We can't just neglect some part of our body, assuming there's no injury or, you know, some real reason why you shouldn't, you know, train a certain part of your body. Aside from that, the specific exercises are not the most important thing. Again, as you progress through your level of expertise as a trainee, the specific exercises can become more important. But for the purposes of today, the specific exercises are not the most important thing. You want to do an RDL instead of a regular deadlift? Fine. You want to do a Bulgarian split squat instead of a front foot elevated split squat? Fine. But it is important that we make sure we're hitting everything at least once in the week. Now, in terms of the number of sets, again, dependent on our goal. If we're training for muscular hypertrophy, we probably want more volume in, and so we're going to do more sets with more reps. If we're training for a more strength goal, we're going to do maybe more sets as well, or a higher number of sets with lower reps because we're, in theory, lifting a heavier amount of weight. If we're training for muscular endurance, we may do a moderate amount of sets with ultra-high reps, maybe going 15-plus reps up to 50 or even 100. The tempo and time under tension is something, again, that we can manipulate, focusing mainly on slowing down the eccentric portion of the movement eccentric refers to the portion of the movement where the muscle is stretching. So if we use our example of the bicep curl, when my hand is moving down closer to the ground, that's the eccentric portion. When I actually curl the weight up and lift it, that's called the concentric portion of the movement. So by increasing the amount of time, again, it's creating more time and retention, creating more damage in the muscle cells, and this will in turn lead to strength and hypertrophy gains. The rest times, again, are important. If we are focusing on muscular endurance, we generally want the rest times to be quite low, maybe 30 seconds, 45, probably no longer than a minute, again, because we're trying to work on our endurance. So if we're doing a set and then resting for five minutes and then going again, the endurance of the muscle is not exactly challenged. So we want to keep that muscle working and keep that rest time low. Whereas the opposite side of the spectrum, if we're focusing on strength or power, we want to be keeping that rest time quite high because we want to be able to have maximal force production each set, each rep. So by resting too short, your muscle is going to be just fatigued and tired and you won't be able to get the maximal output in that set. And so we want to increase the rest time so that we can actually get the most output. Muscular hypertrophy, again, is going to fall sort of somewhere in the middle of that where you want to be resting enough that you can get through the set 
but you don't want the muscles to be totally rested before the next step because you are trying to induce that amount of fatigue and sort of hit that point of failure or close to it anyways. So manipulating all of these things can really change how our workout goes, the difficulty of the workout for sure. And these are ways to continue to improve and measure our progress and again, keep making strides forward while we're training, especially at home. This becomes more important because the ability to just increase the weight, which is the simplest, easiest, and most obvious way to measure our progress is probably not an option for you right now. So if you can't increase the weight, well, how do I even make progress? How do I not just keep doing the same thing? If I can squat 20 pounds, I can squat 20 pounds 900 times, you know, for the next six months. That's how do I even know I'm making progress? Well, we manipulate these other variables to get some different effects and continue to challenge our muscles and keep training and building. So coming back a little bit to what I was speaking about before, where we don't make the rules and just because we give something a name, it doesn't mean that that's what it is. I may rant a little bit here because I see so many things that just, they upset me because I know what the person is trying to do online, but it's almost a lie where we're talking about things that don't exist. Here's what I mean. I've seen this infinite times on Instagram, on YouTube, on whatever, through this whole pandemic where someone's talking about a a leg strength workout, let's say. And we're going to do a squat and we're going to do it for six reps because six reps means strength. Well, if you've been training for a long time, doing six reps of a bodyweight squat doesn't make it a strength workout. It just means you're only doing six reps with your bodyweight. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing bodyweight squats. If you're a beginner and you've never done a squat before in your life, maybe six reps is a strength zone workout for you. And that's fantastic. And I highly encourage you to do that. But this just goes back to you know how everything is so individual and everyone is where they are. And it doesn't matter what it is for you. It just matters that you're actually doing what you say you're doing. Now, I know that, of course, a lot of this is it's well-intentioned and no one's trying to hurt anybody. No one's trying to lie and give misinformation. But it's like, let's just let's just call it what it is. If it's just a workout, like why stop at six reps? Make the, make the exercise super slow. Make it almost no rest if it's only going to be six reps or just make the make the reps higher and don't call it a strength workout just call it a workout because that's okay too it doesn't have to be something that's always sounding so sexy and my favorite thing to harp on this whole time has been the booty hit workouts i can't stand the concept of this i don't i just don't understand it where it's like if i'm going to do a hit workout which is essentially a cardio workout and i'm going to do it with mostly booty exercises that's fine but a cardio workout and a hypertrophy workout are almost exactly in competition with each other. So if I'm trying to get a big butt, that's that's great. You're not going to do that by doing a HIIT workout. You can do that by doing a hypertrophy-focused workout. That's fine. But hypertrophy and intense cardio in the same thing, you're, you're, not, you're just doing both of those things badly and then not getting anywhere. Are you doing a workout and just, you know, for the sake of getting moving and all that stuff? Yes, you are. And that's great and fantastic. And I love it. All good. But let's just be realistic about what we're doing. We can't do two things at once. We can't do three things at once. If we're going to grow as part of our body, then let's grow it. If we're going to then do cardio and work on that system, then let's do that too. But we don't need to do them together because we're just getting nowhere real fast. So again, we don't make the rules. There's science. There's physiology. That's what it is. Just because you call it something doesn't mean that's what it is. I'll try not to harp on this too much more. Bringing things back to something a little bit more actionable now. There is a lot of flexibility in terms of what muscle groups we train together. It doesn't really matter 
so long as you're getting everything in in a sufficient amount of volume in the week. Now, I know that saying it doesn't really matter isn't the most helpful thing in the world, but what I want you to take away from that is don't overcomplicate it. If you want to hit a part of your legs each time you work out, and so you want to do the quads one day and then the hamstrings another day, do that. If And same goes for your upper body. If you want to do shoulders on their own, if you want to do chest with your back, if you want to do chest with legs, whatever it is, it doesn't quite matter so long as you're getting everything in the week. Now, some of the more common things and some of the, some of the ways that I like to break it up is combining the quads and the back. And this is just because they're sort of, if you think of the body, they're on a diagonal to each other. So they're opposite where most of the quad exercises you're doing are not going to hinder or interrupt the back exercises that you're doing in that same workout. So when we do this, we can kind of switch between exercises pretty seamlessly and anything I'm doing for my quads, my back is not impacting it and vice versa. So while I'm doing my quad exercise, my back is getting rest and then I can just jump right into that next quad exercise after that and and it goes both ways. So I like doing that. Yes, there's a time for just doing, you know, a straight on leg workout. You're doing quads and then you're doing hamstrings or whatever it is. So one way that I would advise you to train is to, again, split those up by movement patterns. So we'll do a lower body push combined with an upper body pull. A lower body push is going to be thinking about anything where you're pushing. So mostly it's going to be your quads. Glutes are kind of always involved to an extent, but mostly your quads. And then upper body pull is going to be your back, the back half of your shoulders and your biceps, which are always involved in any kind of back or pulling motion. And then vice versa, we would have the opposite day, which would be an upper body push with a lower body pull. So upper body push would be your chest, the front or top part of your shoulders and your triceps. And for the lower body pull, it's going to be our glutes and our hamstrings. And core is kind of always mixed in there. Core is something that gets a little bit mistreated sometimes. And I think it gets mistreated in both ways. There are people who say, oh, you don't need to work on your core. You know, you do some heavy squats and deadlifts and whatever, and you'll get enough core activation. And yeah, if you're doing those things, the core is certainly working. No doubt about that. But is it enough? Well, it depends on what you're going for. If you want to specifically improve one aspect of your body, you need to focus and isolate it a little bit more. So yeah, do your heavy squats, do your heavy deadlifts, but then also do your core exercises. You don't have to do an entire workout of core exercises, but you do have to do them. The other side of that coin is people who go too hard and do, oh, here's my 30-minute core routine. Huh? 30 minutes of core? If you can go hard doing core exercises for 30 minutes or however many sets it is that you do in 30 minutes, you're probably just not doing it hard enough. And so you're just doing a bunch of stuff that's not nearly intense enough and are we really getting a benefit other than just feeling a burn and getting sweaty? I mean, I, I don't know. I find that I find it hard to believe. I wouldn't want to do that myself. I wouldn't really ever use that with client who just says, oh, I, I really want to get a six pack. Okay, we need to lose a lot of body fat then. Again, sorry, don't make the rules. That's just how it is. You can't, you can't hypertrophy your abs through too high a percentage of body fat. It's just not how it goes. So, what I mean by that is, yeah, you can throw your core exercises in. You can do them every day. They do recover quickly. Don't overdo it. Your core shouldn't be like super sore and then training it like any other muscle would. Treat it treat it just the same. It is working all the time. And the more frequently you exercise, it's being activated more and more. So there's probably less 
isolation exercises for it you need to do if you're training five, six, seven times a week. If you're training once or twice a week, then yeah, definitely do core each workout because it's important for our back health, for our just overall health, posture, and well-being. We need to have a strong core to keep our body together. But like many things in all of life, just find the balance there. Don't get too caught into the camp of, oh, I need to do a, only a core workout or I never need to do core. Just there, There is a balance there. And so mix it in. It's definitely important, but don't go crazy on either side. Just to recap a few things now, I think it's important to actually pick a training goal and come up with some parameters as to how you're going to measure that because it just makes things more fun when you can see that, oh yeah, I wanted to be able to do 30 reps of a bodyweight squat and now I can do 30. Okay, well, how long will it take me to get to 35 if that's the goal that you want to pick? Again, it doesn't matter, but just pick something and it'll just keep you consistent and help you keep going through it rather than always just working out for the sake of working out. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with just doing a workout, not thinking about it. Google or search on YouTube, full body workout. If that's what you want to do today, click the first one, do it. You got your heart rate up. You sweat a little bit. You had fun. Amazing. I'm happy that you did that. But I think that that's, I think a lot of people do that for a time and then they start to realize, oh, but I do kind of want to you know, lose a little bit of fat, get a little bit stronger, this. And they realize that that's just not getting them there. And that being the you know, the random workouts, just whatever comes up online. So we do need to do something a little bit more focused. So I think that actually picking a training goal and working towards it really helps a lot in terms of consistency and sticking through it. So I encourage you to pick a training goal, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Just pick something and then aim at it. This way we can measure our progress and it will be much more fun going through it all. So again, in terms of how to organize your workouts, I think if you're going to work out twice a week, it's got to be full body only. If you're going to work out three times a week, if you're more on the beginner side, probably stick to three full body workouts. If you're a little bit more advanced, maybe move towards an upper body day, a lower body day, and then a full body day. So we're getting everything twice. If you're going four times a week, I would do either an upper, lower, upper, lower, or that same kind of split that I was talking about with the diagonal body parts where it's an upper body push, lower body pull, and then the opposite upper body push, lower body pull, and then flip-flop those twice a week. If you're going to train five times a week, I would do a upper body push, upper body pull, legs, and then a push and pull. And both of those would include legs. So full body push, full body pull kind of thing. And then if I'm going to do six days a week, I would go push, pull, legs, push, pull, legs. Seven days a week training is fine. Maybe on that seventh day, I'd add in something I want to specialize. So it can be more of a relaxed, fun day for example, it would be something like if you just want to get bigger arms, then maybe just dedicate a whole day just to arms. And you know, again, arms, same thing as abs. Like if you want them to get bigger, yeah, you got to do just dedicated arm work. Do you need to do an hour and a half arm workout? Like if you're training with any appreciable level of intensity, you can't get through an hour and a half long arm workout. It It can take you literally 20 minutes and you'll be smoked and not able to actually do anything anymore. So don't overcomplicate those things. But the point of what I was saying before I went on my little rant again is if you're going to add a seventh day, maybe just make that a fun day. It can probably just be a rest day. You probably don't need to train seven times a week. But if you want to make it a, a fun day, so whatever that is for you, maybe you calves or something that you want to focus on. So just do a whole bunch of calf raises. If you want to do arms, if you want to do just abs, that would be a day to do it. But these are kind of like, you know, it would be a short workout or something that you're just trying to specialize and prioritize in. Now. Aside from all this, I know that there are people who maybe don't have time to 
actually set aside an hour or even 30 minutes consistently to exercise. And that's fine. You know, everyone's got their different life schedules and, and so it is what it is. But one thing that I would consider, and, and I would actually even consider this if you are someone who can set aside time to train is what I would call like mini or micro workouts. So what this is, is, is the following. If there's an exercise that you want to specialize in or want to, or a muscle group that you want to grow bigger or something, try and do as many reps of it as you can throughout the day. If you want to get better at squats, maybe every hour, just do like five squats, three squats, even every hour, every time you get up to go to the bathroom or every time you stand up from your chair, every 30 minutes, every you know, whatever it is, if you want to get better at pull-ups, you have a little pull-up bar in the door. Every time you walk past that doorway, grab onto the bar, do three pull-ups and continue on your way. And this is not a workout, obviously, but it's still working that muscle. And, you know, through the course of the day, you might get 100, 200 reps in, who knows? But over time, you know, if you get 100 reps in a day, seven days in a week, you're doing 700 reps of that a week. Yeah, it adds up over time, right? All of this stuff is so compounding. And, and if you do two reps of a chin-up, in a workout and that's your whole workout and then you don't do anything for another week. Yeah, it's not going to help. But if you do 700 pull-ups in a week, then yeah, it's going to make a big difference. So experiment with that a little bit. I've used this with myself to an extent and with some clients and it's been it's been working really well. One of the more common ones actually is a hip thrust. A female client who's focusing more on glute development than many other things. She, she doesn't have any real equipment at home. And so I said, hey, just do as many hip thrusts as you can in the day. Every time you get up, go to the couch, do 10 hip thrusts, bang, body weight, done. And she's someone who's pretty strong. She can move a lot of weight and still just doing body weight hip thrusts. Things are not progressing because she's a little bit more advanced, but they're at least maintaining the absence of weight and all these other things that would be needed to train and maintain the glutes properly. Now, I touched on this a little bit before. I know that sometimes the way that I speak about workouts, it can maybe sound a little bit intense and you've got to do this and it's got to be strength and it's got to be super intense and all this stuff. But really something is better than nothing. So if you want to just ignore everything that I just said and you want to just find a workout that you think is fun and that gets you up off the couch and that's what gets you working out and exercising, then that is really amazing. And I totally congratulate you on that. Even even if it's going to be your booty hit workouts and you're going to do those all the time, go for it. If that's what gets you moving, then I'm happy. If you really just hate the concept of working out and doing squats and doing counting my reps and all this stuff, find a form of exercise that you hate less. Not something that you love. You don't just start loving exercise out of nowhere. I totally get it. Try and find something that you just hate less and then that will at least get the ball rolling. And maybe it's even walking. It's a little cold here, you know, in Toronto. It's, it's February now, so it's kind of cold. But get out for a walk. That's still exercise. No, you're not going to get you're not going to get jacked and be a bodybuilder by just going out for walks. But you're going to be better than you would be if you didn't walk at all. So, if everything that I said sounds super intense and super, you know, just a little bit too overwhelming, then just do anything and forget all of this programming stuff that I just talked about. Just get up and move your body in whatever way will make you actually do it. I know that this information can be somewhat overwhelming and there's a lot to unpack here. Obviously, you know, you could have entire lecture series and entire university courses on all of this stuff. So it's, this is just a very, a very brief overview of all of these things. And, you know, there is a, there are a lot of nuances and I'm sure you'll have many questions. So if you do have questions about this stuff, 
please feel free to reach out to me. Of course, I'd be happy to help you and, and work this out with you. But I do hope that this cleared up some things as to how you should be thinking about your workouts. Or if anything, it just gave you the confidence that what you're doing is okay and to stop overthinking it because it's really, it's not that complicated. And all of the information online can be kind of muddied, especially with the clickbaity titles, the best this, the best workout, the best... None of them are the best. They are just what they are. And the best one for you is the best one for you, not what the best one for your favorite influencer is. If you have any questions on anything that I talked about today, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to reach me right now. At Daniel Yoris is my Instagram handle. I would love to hear from you. Any feedback, again, questions, comments, all that is good. If you haven't already, I'd love if you were able to subscribe to the podcast on whatever service it is that you listen to it on. Leave a comment, a rating, a review. It goes a long way, I think. Anyways, um, and that's that. So thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful, and we'll see you on the next one. Train hard.